As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait for weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award winning protection, the two time winner of the Cena Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion glass brake sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there, but what's truly remar- remarkable is you can set up the system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes three minutes, maybe to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trails for your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7. It's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've gotten nothing to lose. Go now. Be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. All right, guys. Welcome into another Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Uh, Walt Harris, your host. Brought to you by Armchair Media. Hashtag take a seat. It's uh, 1 a.m. on um, Tuesday morning. i am got seven hours left of my, my own call. For what you know, you know what I'm doing. Um, it's been pretty slow for the most part, and which didn't surprise me. On Friday, we got called into an all hands meeting um, of all of our analysts from all you know across the United States, all territories, and basically, we're being told to take three days of PTO, and I guess it's um, it's mandatory. And that pretty much upper management, all the you know executives are taking pay cuts, and this is this goes to effect until. Sorry, I lost my train of thought because my kids walked in after two minutes after recording this starting this. But all right, back to what I was supposed to talk about. Um, it's in fact till June thirtieth, and eventually this stuff was going to happen. But we we've had, I mean. No, the patient volume has been freaking non-existent because a lot of you know procedures and stuff like that were either canceled or rescheduled. But now this week they're going to start to reopen things up because the governor is going to reopen Texas, and there's going to be more stuff in terms of the hospital. So we're going to see more patient volume, and now they want the projects to, that we had that were on hold to, to go forward. Mainly because they're losing money on them, and they 
can't afford to lose anymore. But, you know, regardless, I'm going to keep my ass at home because that's just where I need to be at this point. Um, I would love to be in the office, but, yeah, I just, it's going to have to wait. And I know I'm seeing now what people, people are protesting. They're upset. They're pissed off. You know, there's people that need to get back to work because they, they need, they mean, they may not have any revenue coming in. And, hey, I know what that's like. I've been there. Some have businesses and they're, you know, falling apart because, well, you know, no revenue. I mean, look, I mean, we saw, we, we had, a, a, you know, in terms of pit fans, we had a harsh reality hit us over the weekend. The, the O was, the, the O closed. I wasn't really entirely surprised when I got, when I saw it, it was closed. I figured... You know, before I even read any articles, I put two and two together. I figured the O probably wasn't doing too good up until Corona, and it wasn't. I mean, I read that they were scaling, but they scaled back their hours because they're just people really wasn't go, they weren't going there anymore as much. And it's mostly a college hangout, and you know, sometimes we go back for nostalgia. I mean. Well, I worked at Children's Hospital in Oakland. I used to go to the O for lunch at times. You know, it was either that or Uncle Sam's I'd go to, usually. I, I tried to do Uncle Sam's at least once a week when I was there. You know, when I was full-time, I was a bachelor making a lot of money. I guess, because, you know, back then, I guess... You know, around forty grand was a lot for a single guy like myself, and yeah, um, it was easy to eat out. You know, one day it's five guys, burgers and fries. Once the O, then it's Uncle Sam's. But of course, all those calories and stuff add up, and of course, you gain a lot of weight, and you know, they, you become a fat ass. You know, it happens. But as far as the O goes, I mean, I have a lot of memories there. I mean, I think my first time I went there, I was a senior in high school. We, you know, we went, we, we went to the O. It was late at night, probably after the mall closed, and you know, I drove, I drove down, and from you know, my friends, and one thing I heard about the um, about Oakland is that. All, there's so many one-way streets that when I turned to, I guess, park at the O, I went up, I went up a one-way street. And I just remember, like, um, there was also a second floor at the O. There was, like, a bar upstairs. We would always go and get our food and go upstairs because it was quieter and less people were there. I mean, there'd be a few guys at the bar, but it was empty. And, you know, you know one of my friends worked at the O, and I just remember one night when we were, going, you know, some of us, you know, some of my friends, they were going to the O and they said, hey, we're going to the O, so-and-so is working tonight. And they were like, okay, yeah, what's going on? And he goes, well, he hooks us up with free food. And we're like, okay. So we get there and he, I mean, he didn't just give them like fries. I mean, they had freaking hot dogs. I mean, he hooked them up with a whole bunch of like a smorgasbord. 
And I guess the problem is with the O, when you print out receipts, it prints out a copy of the receipt. So he was charging them like, like fries and a drink. And so obviously, obviously, you know, the, the, the owners caught on to what he was doing. And yeah, he got caught and got fired that night. And it was funny because, you know, when I came, when I got to Pittsburgh for my friend's funeral, we had, we all ate at Minio's. We talked about that night. <laughs> we, let, we were like, yeah, you were bragging about all this money you were making work at the O. And I was like, and then you were hooking everybody up with everything. And he even said himself that he, you know, he got too carried away with what he was doing and trying to get everybody all this free stuff and not worrying about keeping a job. But then um, the O, you know, they had a they had a place in the South Side as well, and I remember after drinking the salsa, we'd go there to eat. I mean, we would um, one my, you know, one thing I can say about the O is in the South Side is where you know one of my friends he met his wife will be his wife at the O. That night, we took somebody out to the south side because he had got he you know, his girlfriend broke up with him and he was a single guy now for about a week and we took him out and he like, he was down in Long Island iced teas like they were water and he was drunk at the bar and he was singing heavy metal songs out loud he was singing Harvey Danger you know that flagpole sitter song I mean he eventually he got kicked out of the bar so we took him to the O and eventually, you know, the Long Islands, they came and they talked to him again. And he was vomiting in the bathroom. And then he, you know, we sat down to eat at the O. And he just disappeared. And I went to go look for him. We all did. I mean, the, he was in the bathroom. So I opened the janitor's closet. He was in the janitor's closet pissing in the bucket. And so all my buddies took him home. So then there was me and my other buddy who was, you know, every time we went to the freaking O, he would always order the pizza. I don't know what his, he loved pizza. And I don't know what his obsession was with ordering pizza at the O. It didn't matter if he was in Oakland, the Oakland O or the South Side O, he always ordered a freaking pizza. And no matter where he went, it didn't matter if it was the O, it was always a pizza. He was obsessed with it. Well, me and him had this whole pizza and there was these three girls at the other table, and he offered them some of the his, some of the pizza. And I was like, and looking back at this, I'm shell shocked at this because it was out of character for him to do something like this to be out going to some girls and offer them his food. And yeah, I mean, you know, there was me and him, and there was three girls. He lucked out, you know, I just, you know, I'm the guy who pretty much becomes the third will at that point. <laughs> at that point. But uh, they got married and they've been married since. I mean, that's that's one memory I can tell you about the O. I mean, two memories. My friend getting fired when he was working there. My other friend being his wife there in the south side one. But I mean... I'm sure things have changed in Oakland as far as food and stuff like that. So, I mean, you got like the Chipotle still there. I mean, I'm sure Five Guys is still there. That's the other thing is Five Guys is like right next to the O. And it's like 
they give you tons of fries like Theo does, but you can get a burger, a really good burger. Not everybody wants a hot dog. Personally, now these days, I'd rather just eat, eat the o, eat the eat a dog from the o, the Five Guys. It, it's to be if we're being totally honest with you, a hot dog and fries from the O and a drink is probably a lot lot cheaper than burger, fries, and a drink from Five Guys. Pretty much with Five Guys, you need, you need financing now these days just to get a freaking you know a freaking meal now. I think last time I was ever there, I spent maybe fifteen dollars on the you know, the burger and fries and the drink. It used to be less than 10. Now it's like freaking almost 15. And it's like, for that much, I can go somewhere else and get a better burger somewhere else for either the same price or cheaper. I don't know, guys. I'm drinking my water. But, I mean, yeah, these are some realities that are hitting us with this, you know, with with, with, with COVID. I mean... You know, for me, for instance, it's starting to hit my backyard now, and it just is what it is. I mean, initially, I thought my cyber my, was getting cut. You know, if it was, it was. I was just happy at that point to still have a job. But I know there's some people that are still, you know, they're, they're not really working, and, you know, they're restless. But, you know, when I saw these protests, I mean, a lot of these people, they weren't even, it wasn't about going back to work. It was about them getting their freaking hair done, their hair cut. Or some world and when they wanted one of the goddamn big gulp. I mean, you can get a fucking big gulp, but now if you wanted to, I mean, sure you can't sit down or maybe you want your sweet tea. I mean, they have you can get sweet tea anywhere. Shit, you don't have to sit down at a restaurant to order a fucking sweet tea. You know, with your meal. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It just, I don't get it. But let's move on to more uplifting topics and not talk about, you know, all that other stuff because it's just, it's just a, you know, it's just a whole thing of negativity. I mean, it's, you know, our feed is, be, our news feeds are becoming dominated with politics and religion and whatnot. And it's just, you know, that's one thing you say about the, the Michael Jordan documentary that ESPN's releasing has brought out I mean what's great about social media as well is people talk about so much like a a television show or documentary or a movie that you really don't have to go and watch it you can just freaking let the they'll they'll, they'll talk about on Twitter the entire time and you already know what they're going to say and and then they'll they'll post all the clips from it too so it's like I had to watch the Jordan documentary the other night I can you know I can just chill and (laughs) refresh the feed um I really didn't have much, I mean, I, for me, you know, playing basketball when I was in grade school, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan is my favorite player. I mean, he's one of them. The Dazzling Dunks basketball blooper, bloopers was what really got me into basketball. I mean, I watching Jordan, watching Dominique, Spud Webb, Dr. J, I mean, Hakeem, Charles Barkley, watching all those guys in that, in that, in that, you know, that video and stuff like that. I got to know the players, and yeah, I mean, I got into basketball that way, and I really didn't, you know, by the time I got into it, I was, a, I was it was at the tail end of Larry Bird's career. I mean, he was breaking down, so I really didn't care that much for Larry Bird. I just thought he was just some unathletic dude 
who could just shoot threes. And he was obviously more than that. Looking at his highlights, it's just I call him at the end of his you know his run. But um, you know, of course, you know there was the bad boy Pistons. I mean, I mean, so I mean, watching you know watching all those years. I mean, I really didn't have to really watch the documentary too much because you know it's like it's like it's like the ending of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You know, where he doesn't want to stay for the movie. And Dottie asks, why don't you want to stay for the movie? And Pee-wee's like, I lived it. All right, let's take a minute to talk about LinkedIn. When it's time to hire, I know the finding the right person for your company can be challenging. This is especially true in small business where every employee truly impacts the organization. So when you are ready to find that next hire, LinkedIn can help. It matches your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly. It has an active community of professionals within, with 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person faster. So if you want to find the right person, go to linkedin.com team and get the first $50 off your, your, your post. Yeah, I, I bungled this, but oh well. Just go to LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. All right, yeah, I bungled the hell out of that live battery, but whatever. You guys know the deal. I mean, if you want to look for a candy, go to LinkedIn.com slash team and, you know, do your thing. All right, let's get to some, you know, the Jordan thing happened. That, you know, and it's still going on. There's more good stuff. I was watching Waco on Netflix. Uh, Waco is about David Koresh, so I'm starting to watch that. I mean, the first episode, David Koresh is playing guitar. I mean, he's playing 80s music. I mean, I was, I realized he was, you know, I don't know if they're trying to make him like a cool guy or, or what. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I DVR'd a whole bunch of movies, and I'm catching up on some things, and... Let's get to some other stuff here, guys. Um, from 2010 to 2019, there were some pretty big stories in terms of pit athletics. And I you know, I wrote them all down. And every time I wrote them all down, Windows updates would get pushed to my machine. And, of course, it would reboot and I would lose everything. So I jotted them all down. In fact, I'm not going to rank them. I'm going to rank them in tiers because, well, there's so many of them. And I know I didn't get. I, I know I'm not gonna get all of them, but let's see. I have tier one, tier two, and tier three. Now tier three is gonna be. I have four stories from there. Tier three. There were top stories from Pitt Athletics in 2010 to 2019. First off, Pitt basketball goes 0 and 18 in the ACC. That was a big story. Um, it's one I like to forget about. I mean, most of the stuff that's tier three that I have, I mean, it's all negative crap. I mean, uh, the Butler, the Butler game from two thousand, um, from twenty eleven, in the second round, where we, um, you know, Gil Brown was at the line, and we had, we thought we had it wrapped up, and he he bricked the uh, not so much bricked it, just went in, went in and out of the uh, hoop, and Nazir Robinson fouls the Butler player and then the Butler player shoots a bunch of free throws and they win the game. 
you had that. And then, of course, you had the Mike Haywood hire where he lasted for two weeks and that was it. I mean, well, he he got himself in a little domestic issue and Pitt had to fire him. I mean, it didn't really matter if he was guilty or not or what it was. It was just a horrible look. And there was no coming back from it. And I think Pitt, in the end, in the long run, made the right decision because... With you know, with social media, you have like a lot of the domestic domestic violence issues. You had the Me Too movement that was coming up, and I think for Pitt, in the long term, it was probably the right decision to fire him. And of course, the last one I have for Tier Three, Pitt basketball wins the CBI title. That was the year after the uh, the final form, not the final form, but the um, the Butler meltdown. Uh, Ken Birch would transfer out, and the, the whole team was, morale was just horribly bad that year, and supposedly Jamie Dixon had some personality conflicts with some of his players, especially his seniors. And um, that team just, they never really recovered. I mean, they just, it was just battle around. And um, that was the beginning and the end of the, of the Jamie Dixon era, pretty much. Because it was hard, it was hard to come back from that. Now let's go to tier two now. Tier two. First off, I have Victory Heights. When uh, Heather Light introduced Victory Heights as part of the facility upgrades for the Olympic sports, you know volleyball is a particular one that's going to be upgraded, and it makes a lot of sense that it's getting upgraded. Uh, track and field as well. I mean, there's. The Olympic sports, which is the next subject in this tier two, it's um, it's been a big story for Penn Athletics. Not so much women's volleyball, but you got soccer, um, women's softball. They went to the NCAA tournament in twenty fifteen, and I think they even won a game or a series. I forget how you know how they do that there, but and of course you have men's wrestling. So there's a lot, you know, a lot of feel-good things from the athletic sports. And, of course, you have the Clemson upset, where Pitt, you know, upsets number you know, number one or number two Clemson at Clemson. I have that. You have the Pitt special, which is when Pitt beat South Florida on a, on a Pitt special, you know, play. And there's also WVU overtime win at the Pete, where they went several overtimes. And, I mean... West Virginia couldn't close out, and Pitt, it was an exciting game, I remember. And I think, you know, kind of turned things around for, Pitt, for Pitt's basketball season that year. You got the Miami upset. Now, the Miami upset, that was at the end of the um, 2017 season with Kenny Pickett. Was it 2017? Yeah, it was 2017. It's 2018 is when they won the ACC tournament, the ACC Coastal Division. But um, that was a that was a big one. I almost put this in tier three, but the thing is, we're always going to talk about this Miami win because mainly because they were nine. I think they were either nine zero or nine one. They were undefeated. I mean, either way, they were they were in the, they were in time for the college football playoff, and Pitt broke them that 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 game. And of course, Todd Graham is the final story I have for the tier two. Um. We hired him because after the Mike Haywood mess, and he left 
at the drop of a dime. And pretty much, if there's one thing that really hurt Pitt was these coaching changes. And I think that's pretty much was the beginning of the end of the, uh, the Steve Peterson era. He gets rid of Dave Wanstatt. He brings in Haywood, who gets fired two weeks later. And he has to bring in Todd Graham. And so that recruiting class that Dave Wanstatt had pretty much was crippled. And then the next year, recruiting wasn't all that, you know, it wasn't totally there. Todd Graham leaves. And so Paul Christ has to pretty much, you know, he, he gets brought in. And, I mean, he he did a good job of filling in the holes as best as he could for, for Pat Narduzzi. I mean, but Pitt was up against so much at that point. I mean, it pretty much gave itself a death penalty at that point for football. Pretty much once Paul Chris left, that was pretty much the end of Steve Peterson at Pitt. Because Nordenberg, as you know, retired. And of course, it was the beginning of the end of the Jamie Dixon era because once Peterson was fired and Nordenberg was gone, Jamie had one, one foot at the door if he didn't have it already. Because things at that point were starting to trend downward for Pitt basketball. So let's recap you guys. In Tier 3, we have Pip Hoops going 0-18 in the ACC. We have the Butler file in the second round of the NCAA tournament. we got Mike Haywood getting fired maybe one or two weeks after he gets hired. The CBI title game. Tier 2, I have Victory Heights. I have the Olympic sports. The Clemson upset. The Pitt special. The whatever, the, the multiple overtime game. With West Virginia, the upset of Miami, and Todd Graham. I mean, I could talk about more about the Clemson upset, but I mean, we we've rehashed that so many times on so many platforms, and it really doesn't need to be. You know, it was just a hell of a game. Now let's go to tier one, you guys. Now, these are what, these are the biggest stories from. From 2010 to 2019 that I have. I'm sure there's a lot more stories that I could have went through, but these ones off the top of my head. Um, and you know you know what? I'm having a really hard time looking at these and figuring out which ones to start with first. Well, let's start with Jimmy Dixon leaves Pitt. We all know after the um, 20... Um, 15-2016 season, you know, Pitt had Scott Barnes, and a lot of things changed. Pitt was putting more of its energy into the football program as well. I mean, things were trained down for basketball. We lost some, you know, we lost a whole recruiting class, and recruiting just really fell off. And, you know, Jamie did whatever he could to piece it together, but we were in running for some big recruits as well. I mean, and they, they towards the end, they just fell apart. They went elsewhere. I mean, Mustafa Heron goes elsewhere. Maverick Rowan goes elsewhere. I mean, we lost our recruiting battles. So Jamie left, went back to TCU. And, you know, looking back at that, it was probably a right decision for him because things with Scott Barnes. Well, Scott Barnes left months later after this happened. He brings in Kevin Stallings. And I think Jamie, if he probably stays, he probably, I mean, who knows? What happens? I mean, I say he probably ends up, you know, 
not having a job if he stick with if he sticks with Scott Barnes, but maybe he waits another year till Heather Light comes, and maybe Heather gives him what he needs to, you know, because you know pit hoops need a lot of lot of upgrades. But what's done is done. Um, next one, uh, Steve Peterson's fired. That was a big one. I mean, that was that year he brought back pit script. He brought back the old pit helmet decal, and that was like a desperation because things were going really bad. And I mean, he—I'll give him credit. I mean, without him, we're not in the ACC. We got in. He was a big. He helped us out in that. And of course, when things were pretty bleak in the late '90s, he stepped up. I mean, there were some. He made some pretty unpopular choices, but. I mean, tearing down Pitt State was one of them, but you know what? If Pitt's, if Hinesfield doesn't happen with how fast college expansion went, we're probably not in the ACC. So it was probably, at the end of the long run, it was, it was the right move. Let's see, Heather Like is our new AD. I thought this was one of the biggest stories of this decade because, well, for one thing, Pitt went outside the box and hired a female to head their athletic department. And if anything, she's had more balls than some previous athletic directors we've had. You know, she wants to win. She's a winner. And she's not, she's not going to accept mediocrity. She's going to find the right people. Well, we hope. We'll see how some of these hires she may work out. But, you know, she hasn't put up any bullshit. I mean, obviously, you know, she didn't put up with Kevin Stallings, and that's why Stallings is, you know, on a gag order now. <laughs> uh, let's look at some more here. I could probably add also Jeff Capel because we hired a black coach for basketball. I could have added him as well, but I'm not sure if he's a if it's a bit. I just didn't think it was a big story. I mean, it was big, but it just I don't know. I couldn't. I think you could put you could probably put Jeff Capel on the tier two. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put Jeff Capel in the tier one, but he would be a tier two, you know, thing. Um, let's see what else. I still have my list. I actually have three left. These are all big ones. Um, let's start with James Conner. We all know what happened with James Conner. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer. Well, he got well, before the season began, the 2015 season. He got well, the first game. He got hurt, but then he got diagnosed with the, with cancer and. He battled back, and he was on the field the next year, and he got stronger as the season went. I mean, that was a huge story. And his story was a made national meet, you know news. I mean, it was a it's still a big story today because he's in he's in the NFL. I mean, that was a definite big story. Um, after that, I have Day Wanstead fired, and this was a huge one because. The guy, when he was brought in the pit, he was a Pittsburgh guy. Spoke Yinzer, loved fish sandwiches. He pretty much, he was the total Yinzer stereotype. Loved fish sandwiches, loved his, loved the Permanis, loved the beer. And he spoke Yinzer. And he loved power football. I mean, he was pretty much the quintessential pit guy. And, you know, the first three years of his tenure was rough. I mean, year one, we lost to Ohio, you, and we finished five and six. 
next year we we start six and one, then we lose the next the next five and don't even make a bowl game. We we finished six and six that year. Year three, our starting quarterback gets hurt. Pat Bossy has to come in and the only thing that saved that season was thirteen and nine, although we could have um we actually could have won more games. That team was a lot better than the record. And so then the next two seasons we finished second place to Cincinnati. And we made the you know, two thousand nine season we dominated the all big east selections and we just still could get past Cincinnati and that was pretty much the end of it for Dave. I mean his final season he really didn't much saw a ground to stand on despite getting a contract extension and he wasn't getting along as A D and well you know, I just, I just remember being on the message boards and people were saying that Dave was in the office going and telling people, you know, you know, wishing them well that he was leaving. And of course, he went on to the um, this press conference and and of course, it dragged on until the end and he decided he was going to coach in a bowl game. So we, you know, Phil Bennett ended up coaching. And Dave obviously... You know he he had a lot of anger. I can I can say about how it is, and he bashed Steve Peterson in certain outlets. He was pretty excited when Steve was fired as well. So, yep. And the last one, Pitt goes to the ACC. Um, when when expansion apocalypse was happening, you had Anum going to um, SEC and Nebraska going to the Big um, Ten. The Pac-10, you had um, Colorado, you know, bolting. I mean, the Big 12, we all thought the Big East was going to implode, but it turned out it was the Big 12 that was in danger of imploding. And it was about to get worse, but they somehow made it work because basically what happened is the people in the Big 12 got tired of Texas. You know, they they put in the Longhorn Network and which did nothing for that conference, just for Texas, and people just got fed up, and Nebraska had enough because, the you know, Nebraska, before it became the Big 12, were, they were the kings of the Big 8, and so when they brought in Texas, they had to up the academic standards in the, in the, in the uh, conference, and what you had was Nebraska couldn't recruit the same players that, that was accustomed to, so they, competitively, they eventually fell behind Texas, and they just got sick of it. And they went to the Big Ten, and they've they're in the Big Ten, and they've been miserable since because they can't do shit in the Big Ten either. You know, Colorado left as well. I mean, and when two of your original members of, the, of that conference leave, I mean, that's just a bad thing. And Texas A and M leaves; they go to the SEC, and I don't know, but. Yeah, the Big Big Twelve is holding it together. I mean, they got TCU and they brought in West Virginia, and but when A and M left and Nebraska left, they needed some candidates, and Pitt turned out to be one of the leading candidates for the Big Twelve for Big Twelve expansion, which I found surprising, but it was legit. Um, all of a sudden, when this was happening, you know, the Big the ACC had a little expansion meeting. And I just remember, like, all these rumors were flying around on social media about who was leaving where. And I just remember 
there was an article about Pitt supposedly talking to the ACC, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'll believe when I see it. But then the next day before you know, the, that Iowa game that year, as the Iowa game was playing, Pitt was submitting their application to the ACC, and it was being accepted, and they were – all of a sudden, they remember by the end of the Iowa game, although we lost that game because we had a you know we had a meltdown. You know, typical Todd Graham, but next thing you know, we were um, members of the ACC, and it's been great ever since. I mean, it's done a lot for our conference, done a lot for our programs as well because we've had to upgrade. We've had to up up you know upgrade their programs, the facilities, everything, because now we're. And big boy athletics now. Whereas the Big East, it was just football and basketball. Now it's everything. Now we got to upgrade. We got. It's not just football and basketball for the for the ACC. It's 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 everything. F- Olympic sports, the whole shebang. And we got to keep up. And things have been great ever since. All right, guys, I'm done talking. Enjoy the rest of your week. Hell to pit. Stay positive. Exercise. Do what you can. Make a nice fresh batch of coffee. You know, eat some junk food, some comfort food, just something, man. You know, continue. To, you know, watch movies. I guess. I guess. Just. I guess. In in, in short, just go fuck around for a while. Anyways, guys, hell to pit. Talk to you later.